Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Podcast. Before we get started today, I want to shout out Ironsmith Coffee Company in Encinitas, California. They're one of the great sponsors of this show, and you can check out all of their coffee subscription options at ironsmithcoffee.com. Alright, hang on. I need to pour myself a cup of coffee today. It is the middle of December, and the mornings are cold, even here in Southern California. And we're in the middle of this huge surge in the pandemic. Drinking coffee in the mornings is one of the few things that feels... normal to me. Like the old normal, not pandemic normal, just normal. So, I've been taking time to savor this cup of Costa Rica, made with beans roasted by my featured guest on today's show, Bree Briggs. Bree is the head roaster and essentially the all-coffee-everything at Leap Coffee in Carlsbad, California. In our conversation, we discuss the role of women in the coffee industry and how important it is to be represented. We also chat about how Leap Coffee came to be and how they've adapted to the impacts of the coronavirus. If you're in Southern California, you are well aware that we are in the middle of another long-term stay-at-home closure order. That has restricted the ability of coffee shops like Leap and most hospitality businesses to be open for anything except for takeout. The new order is part of an effort to limit interactions and by extension slow the spread of COVID-19 as the beds in our hospital ICUs fill up. In Bree and I's conversation, she talks a little bit about being open for their customers to come into the shop, which has been a welcome change. They're a small cafe, and having those relationships with their guests is a key component of the services that they offer. But know that this chat was recorded before the most recent closure order, and Leap, like so many others, have been restricted to takeaway orders or delivery from online sales. The pandemic has hit the service industry incredibly hard. If you're out there and you're thinking about holiday gifts this year, I strongly encourage you to think about what small businesses, what coffee shops, what cafes make your neighborhood feel like home. And if you're in a position where you're giving out holiday gifts this year, consider sharing the efforts of those local spots that enhance your neighborhoods with those you love. No one wants to be closed. But by sacrificing their livelihood, these businesses are truly putting the safety and health of their communities above their business. And that is true hospitality. So, swap the candy canes in the stocking for a gift card to your favorite coffee shop. Or ship a bag of beans to a friend, a favorite aunt, a sister, someone you may not get to see this year, and then drink it together over a video chat. I, for one, love a gift I can drink in a coffee mug. But, also consider giving branded store merchandise or a subscription for coffee. It'll be the gift that keeps on giving. If you want to support today's guest, Breeze Roastery, head to www.leap.coffee. And today is the day to order, because for this week only, each bag of coffee purchased at leap.coffee, customers will be entered into a drawing to win a free V60 pour-over set and a bag of their sugar and spice holiday blend, which is only available for a limited time. You can order coffee for pickup or delivery online at www.leap.coffee. They'll announce the winner on Monday, December 21st. This show is coming out on a Tuesday, which is also great for you, because every Tuesday, Leap runs a BOGO offer. You can use the promo code TUESDAY, that's all capital letters, and you'll get 25% off your second bag of Leap coffee, plus they're offering free shipping on orders over $25. And now, it's time to pour myself another cup of coffee, and the show. Welcome, Brianna, to the Roast West Coast podcast. It's great to meet you this morning. Great to meet you as well, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. I see you have a cup of coffee. What are you drinking today? um, This is Leap's Ethiopia Limu. Um, It's an organic natural, super sweet and fruity. Got some like citrus acidity in there. Um, It's one of my favorites right now. Um, 
I'm at work right now, obviously, so it's easy to drink what we have on hand. I actually saw that you guys have a house blend called Cheers, mm-hmm. which I didn't know, but I also host a Cheers North County podcast really? and write the Cheers column. So cool. I feel like I'm going to have to negotiate with you to get my face on the bag or something. I think we might, we might have to work on that or at the very least send you a complimentary bag. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's all right. I'm happy to pay for coffee these days. I think it's it's a good uh, use of my finances. Sure. I wanted to get started with, uh, you're the director of coffee at Leap. Yes. What does that mean exactly? And what is kind of the chain of events that brought you to Leap? So... Director of Coffee is kind of the fancy title of it. Um, technically, I think my official title is Roaster, but I do I do everything coffee related. So I scout out new samples. I get samples from a lot of the green importers that we work with. I do all the sample roasting, the tasting. Um, I decide what we want to buy. Then once it comes in, then I do all the roasting and the testing and finalizing the flavor notes. And then also all of the production roasting falls into my hands too. So pretty much anything back of house coffee related, my hands are always in it. And then, you know, making sure the baristas get dialed in on how to tell people about the coffee, how to describe it, make sure they can sell it well, make sure they can dial it in on the bar and serve it to our taste profiles accordingly every time. So yeah, basically everything coffee is mine. (laughs) Our manager likes to affectionately call me the coffee whisperer. That's uh, it's a lot of moving parts. It is definitely one thing I've been just so surprised at having these conversations with coffee roasters is how much education goes into the job. Mm-hmm. As a general manager myself, I understand that, but I guess I just didn't apply it to that kind of role as coffee roaster. But it's really so much more about educating not only your staff who is is serving it that I understand, but also the customers who are mm-hmm. are getting it so they know what they're drinking and, and how to make it at home. Since you give up kind of a little bit of control at the end of that process, yeah, definitely. What about Leap? Like, how did Leap start? What's kind of your origin story? I was actually looking online and other than like your your reviews, which are great, I didn't really find a lot of information, excuse me, a lot of information on the background. Yeah. Um, so Leap has been around since 2016. So we're four and a half years old about our owner, Brandy, um, Brandy Cutbirth, her husband, James, it, this was his grand idea. They were both in um, commercial real estate back in the day. And he just had a real fondness and love and passion for coffee and coffee shops and the way coffee brings people together. So this was Leap Gets Its Name because he took a complete leap of faith and jumped out of what he knew into something completely unknown just because he loved it and wanted to share it with other people. So he, he unfortunately passed away um, a couple years ago after we opened, but Brandy has carried on his vision so very well. And I think everyone who's a part of the Leap team shares that same passion for coffee and people and sharing it with the world. And, you know, so much of coffee, while there is an incredibly growing specialty coffee culture and community that is amazing, I think there's still so much that's corporate. You know, most people just go to Starbucks or Pete's or whatever the big chain places are. And the art of coffee itself, I think, is lost in a lot of that commercialization. And so that's what we aim for here is to bring it all back to basics just enjoy a really good cup of coffee shared by people that love it in order to encourage more love of coffee itself and then the relationships that it builds with people. So we're all very, very fond of coffee here. <laughs> there's, there's not 
we're not necessarily all from a previous coffee background. We have some baristas who had never done coffee before when they came here, but I think they all embrace it really well. And that's kind of kind of how we started. Kind of, we're very small, but we're doing what we can to grow and obviously mostly just stay afloat during this weird, crazy season right now. But we are so appreciative of all of the regulars that we've still seen during this whole COVID time. Um, and yeah, we're kind of just very thankful to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Starbucks, so I have to ask this. Yeah. Um, because of Starbucks, do you, is it required by your customers to sell some sort of pumpkin spice during the holiday season? Um, yes, we do have pumpkin spice. <laughs> okay. But we've actually worked very hard on our recipe over the last couple of years to dial it in and make it as much pumpkin and spice and not like sweet and sticky and all that that you expect from some of those other places. <laughs> but that's kind of how that's how all of our flavors go. Obviously, the number one thing for us is the coffee and we just want everything else to complement it. So we use really simple ingredients in all of our house made syrups for everything that we serve all the time. But like with those really fun seasonal things like pumpkin spice or like we do a peppermint mocha during the holidays Try and keep it simple and make sure it complements and goes with it and still shares the coffee aspect itself and not just that like sweet sure. fun thing you know yeah you want the essence of coffee still to come through and you had mentioned back to basics which is in big bold letters on your website how does that kind of that theory or that mission statement apply to the beans themselves and kind of what you're, you're doing when you're sourcing your beans? Mm -hmm. I mean, have you been able to take those sort of origin trips or how do you apply that kind of theory to what you're doing in the roastery itself? Yeah, partially we on the one hand do keep our coffee lineup pretty simple. We usually only have about eight different coffees that we offer at a time. We do a couple blends so we have our espresso, which is our sweet cheeks, probably one of our more popular coffees, and then our cheers. Um, and then we have a cold brew blend right now as well. And then I usually have at least three to four rotating single origin offerings, but not much more than that. I know some places have tons and tons and tons of options. And for coffee nerds like me, that's awesome because it gives me tons to try. But I think for other customers, like more to the ones that we're appealing to, I think keeping it a little bit more basic and simple and just having a few things for them to choose from is a little easier for them. We also do all of our roasts are medium roasts, nothing super, super dark because we like to highlight the original flavor characteristic of the beans that we buy. So for example, like the Ethiopia I'm drinking, they tend to be super fruity. There's some like strawberry notes in here that if I roast it, too dark. I even notice sometimes if one roast I do ends slightly hotter than the one previous and I taste them next to each other, it doesn't have quite as much fruit as it did in the previous roast. So trying to aim for those same consistent notes every time too is really important. Well, you mentioned uh, strawberry just now, and I think that's something that people are always surprised by is just the color wheel of flavors, so to speak. I mean, there's that flavor wheel, and I was showing that to my wife, and just you start getting into some of those specifics, whether they're fruity or citrusy or nutty, and then breaking them down even further. And I think if you grow up just like getting a cup of coffee at the diner or at a Starbucks, you might not realize how much is really there for you to appreciate in your cup of coffee. And so when you say you're roasting them all medium so you can taste that, mm -hmm. 
I think that's a, a way for people to start learning more about what they're drinking, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's why I got into coffee in the first place. I actually started working at Starbucks um, while I was in college. And, you know, obviously, most of what I did was just the quick paced production on the bar. But my manager was really good about making sure that her staff was educated on every single coffee that we had so that we could tell customers about the flavor notes. And with most of them, obviously, it's they're really dark. It's a little hard to tell. Um, but it got me fascinated in how coffee could be so much more than just that quick thing that you need in the morning to get you through the day. So that's kind of eventually why I sought out Leap because I wanted more of that knowledge and education about coffee itself and bean origins and how to share that with other people and not, you know, keep it as just that simple quick morning caffeine thing. I mean, it's easy to make fun of Starbucks because they're like the Yankees of coffee. Like they've been around forever. They obviously like have like a skill set that they they do and a market that they appeal to. But they also act as kind of a feeder program for people like you who gets to get their start there and learn a lot and then move on into a more craft uh, based system. Yeah, definitely. So I can't fault them for that. <laughs> this next question is it's kind of big. So I want to warn you, it's got a lot of moving parts. Okay. And it's nice. kind of something we emailed a little bit about. But when people think of like stereotypically of who a coffee roaster is, I think they generally conjure up probably someone who looks a little bit like me, like in a flannel shirt and with a beard. <laughs> You know, maybe if they're like in a fancy place, they're wearing a leather apron or something. Mm -hmm. But at Leap, I think you, you mentioned you have an all woman team. And I'm wondering, how does that affect kind of the, the business as a whole? Does it matter that it's an all women team? And then kind of a little bit about what you feel the growing role of women in the industry is. And if you feel that women are represented well in the coffee industry. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. So Leap is currently all female staffed, obviously. Granny's the owner. Maddie is our manager, I'm the roaster, and then everyone else underneath us, our head chef is a woman. We did not intentionally end up this way necessarily. We've had quite a few guys that have worked here, at least definitely in the time that I've been here, but none of them have quite, most of them have been amazing, but there's just always been like a season that then they decided to leave or sometimes they weren't a good fit. It was just kind of naturally, this has just happened. And we joke that, yeah, we didn't mean to hire all women, but when the women are the only ones that show up for their interviews, of course we're only going to hire them. <laughs> so that, that has happened a couple times. So we, we really appreciate the way that it transformed our company culture. Um, I think it, on our customer service side of things, it brings a lot of warmth. We like affectionately call our space some, somewhat cozy. It's very homey. And I think having, a woman team that's, you know, kind of naturally more nurturing in a lot of ways. I think that helps to encourage that atmosphere. And we love that. And then for me, as a woman in the roastery, I feel pretty unusual. I mean, I do know several other female roasters, but it certainly seems like a lot of the top dogs at many other coffee shops that I know of, most of them are men. So that's pretty exciting for me to kind of feel like I'm in a not necessarily like groundbreaking position, but it's cool to increase representation in that way. And I don't really think there's anything about this role that needs to be male. I will say that, especially for me as a relatively smaller woman, sometimes moving the coffee bags is a little difficult and I need some help because most of them weigh like 150 pounds. <laughs> so they're like the same size as me or more. So that's a little challenging. 
but otherwise, you know, I, I love it. Um, it's really cool to get connected with women in my position at other shops and to build relationships between them to kind of encourage increased representation. It makes me more excited as I continue to grow in my career too and have more opportunities to be educated and trained in a more professional aspect. I think that's also really cool. And it is amazing that there's still that opportunity. Is there like a group of like women coffee professionals? Like in beer, there's the Pink Boot Society, which get together and collaborate and and provide support for each other. Is there something like that in coffee? There is. um, It's called She's the Roaster. And it's somewhat an Instagram hashtag. And I follow along with that. But there are usually I feel like at different coffee events like expo or some of the competitions, I think they will often gather together, you know, and have conversations and support each other in that aspect too. So there's, there's, they're definitely there. I will say I'm not incredibly well connected to much outside of our local bubble, but that's, that's a goal. This show will be right back with the rest of my conversation with Bree Briggs of Leap Coffee. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Ironsmith Coffee, one of North County, San Diego's premier coffee roasters. On their recently revamped website, ironsmithcoffee.com, you can explore their roast collections by style or even brew method. Order just once or start a subscription and get discounted pricing. Ironsmith Coffee, always consistent, always great, always free shipping. All of the details on ironsmithcoffee.com. And since you're already online buying coffee, be sure to subscribe to the Roast West Coast newsletter. Enter your email at roastwestcoast.com for the free content where I provide show updates, recaps, and a lot more. For every paid subscriber to the newsletter this month, I'll be buying coffee for local healthcare workers who are putting in the work day after day to keep us safe from COVID-19. And now, back to the show. Well, it sounds like from earlier on, you have a lot on your plate right now, uh, just on a daily basis. Yeah, um, it kind of, I, I, when I was the assistant roaster, I don't honestly think I knew that this was all that was part of the job. Like my training under my predecessor was wonderful, but he ended up leaving unexpectedly and it was before I knew it was going to happen. So I just, a bunch of it kind of got thrown onto my plate and I was like, well, I'll figure this all out as I go. Uh, and that's obviously been challenging, but also exciting. And I don't think I've ever, I've never had a job that I have loved as much as what I have right now. That's always great to hear. I think you're never really prepared for all the things, you know, I, I think it's something in hospitality in particular that's unique where if you're in the role that you're in or in a management role, there's so much more that you're responsible for than just your job description. Mm-hmm. And you're also a role model for the people that you work with. And and so there's just, I think customers in general don't realize that maybe some days the manager is cleaning bathrooms or maybe someday yeah. they're roasting coffee or they're fixing something that broke. Mm-hmm. I know I've certainly had enough days where people were trying to find me and I was on the roof, like fixing an air conditioning unit or something. Yeah. Especially with what you do, because there's a manufacturing component, you know, to roasting where you're working with machinery. And so there's probably a lot of little tinkering things that I would imagine you have to do. Yeah, definitely. We haven't touched on it yet, really, but it's impacted everybody, obviously, is this freaking coronavirus, which is never going away. Excuse my uh, language. (laughs) That's how my mother would say it. So that's how I say it. (laughs) 
how did the initial wave of COVID impact you guys? I mean, how, and, and how have you adapted and changed over the last six months or so? You know, were there any things that you didn't expect or that were surprising about the way customers reacted or you guys did in the business? Yeah, it was certainly a lot more challenging initially. You know, those first couple of weeks, once it happened, our foot traffic went down incredibly low. Um, and we still, over the last six months, we still have not quite gotten back to our normal numbers. And I think that's just, that's to be expected. But we did, we closed our doors for about three weeks at the beginning, just so we could kind of regroup and figure out what's the best way to do this. How many people can we afford to keep? How many hours can we afford to stay open? And through all that, I mean, I've been roasting coffee the entire time. We have definitely seen our online sales increase significantly. We, I think I used to send coffee that someone had ordered up online maybe twice a week if I was lucky. And there have been weeks where I've sent like 50 bags because so many more people have ordered coffee. And that's really, really cool. Um, we've seen some of that drop since our cafe traffic has picked up. I think naturally that makes sense because a lot of those people who weren't coming in are now coming back in, but the online sales are still much higher than they were, which is really cool for us. As far as cafe traffic, again, like I said, still low or lower, but the fact that we can now have dine-in again um, has certainly helped a ton because we get a lot of customers who come in and they work from home here. And so they can still do that. And I think once that dining restriction was lifted a little bit, that's helped increase our numbers again a lot. Are you worried about those restrictions being put back in place over the winter? Yes, definitely. Um, we certainly worry about how that will continue to impact how business goes. I do think that there are enough people who will still come in, even if they can't stay, because we do have a really really faithful group of customers that we see just about every day and or at least several times a week. And that has made this whole thing worthwhile, you know, to see those familiar faces and get to joke about, you know, how we can only sort of see them because they have masks on or stuff like that. But I think it, it makes it easier to keep going to have some, some of that stability. Yeah, there's a real community around coffee that makes it hard to give up. I think that's the thing I miss most about this whole period isn't so much. I love the coffee and I love, you know, the beer or food if I'm out, but mm -hmm. you get to know customers or employees um, as a customer yeah. and you get to know other customers too. You know, you get, cause you might have the same schedule and you start running into the same people over and over and coffee shops are really kind of a, there's still a, a community place where it's, it's less odd to say hello to somebody you don't know, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, where like if I were in the library, I would never go and just randomly say hello to somebody. But at a coffee shop, I might if I see they're reading a book I like or something. Yeah, definitely. We, we have a number of community tables that because we love that community aspect that we've always encouraged people to you know sit next to their neighbor and talk to someone they don't know. And it's kind of been tough not to really have that option available right now with the distancing between seating. But it is definitely still cool to see that some of those relationships still exist sure. and there are ways to work around and still communicate despite the distance we have to keep. So, I don't want to start any drama, but do you know that there's also a Leap Coffee in Oklahoma City? There is, yes. <laughs> we actually, um, one of the coffee importers that we worked with has 
several times accidentally sent their samples there. And I, always have I don't know if you've ever talked to them. I haven't. Have you? I, I've been there. Oh, cool. Uh, I didn't want to, I didn't know if there was some sort of like under, you know, underground coffee rumbling going on between the two of you or. No, I don't think so. At least not that I. Maybe like a collaboration where people like, if you go to both Leap Coffees, you get some like a t-shirt or something. Like in the old days, you know, if you ate a 70 ounce steak or something, you'd get a t-shirt. <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah. We're entering the holiday seasons. Do you guys have anything planned for that coming up? I saw that you're offering subscriptions, but. Are there any sort of special things you're doing for the holidays or ways that people can buy coffee for themselves as a gifts, you know, gift cards, anything like that, that, that people might be able to do? Yeah, we, we sell gift cards in the cafe. So we definitely encourage people to come in and buy gift cards for family, for friends, whatever. Um, we also do offer the option for them to even call over the phone and purchase it that way if that's easier. You can always mail gift cards. We are online coffee stores open 24-7 and we always offer the option to purchase it for yourself and ship it to someone else. And I love seeing when people do that. That's really cool. Subscriptions are a great way, you know, whether you want to gift a subscription to someone or just add it to your own stocking for, for the holidays. And we will, of course, have all of our, you know, new festive drinks like our gingerbread latte and peppermint mocha. So that makes the cafe experience more fun. And then... We're always offering, you know, whether it's 25% off or 50% off, like a buy one, get one option to encourage people to buy more bags of coffee. Sure. Anything else that we didn't cover about Leap Coffee um, that people, that listeners should know? Oh, let's see. Um, you can say no if we covered everything, but just in case there's anything else you want to get out of I guess, yeah, I guess I think we covered everything. You know, we're, we're a very small little place. We're kind of tucked away. By Prager Brothers and Carlsbad, and a lot of people don't know that we're here, but we are here. We're here and ready to serve all the time. <laughs> I'm going to end with a, a real simple question. On days, you know, in the past when you could just wander about freely like a normal human being, mm-hmm. and you're not at work, and you stop at someone else's coffee shop, what is it that you're ordering? Uh, ooh, that's a great question. It really depends on the day. Um, most of the time, I will order a pour over, just because I like being able to try different single origins and I think the pour over method because of the meticulous individual slow pour I think it extracts flavors much better than just a standard drip coffee so that's always my favorite but if I'm in a sweeter mood I usually get an iced oat milk latte with like another exception or something like that oh that sounds great thank you Brianna for uh Brianna or Brianna oh my goodness have I been saying it wrong (laughs) it's Brianna on to either or Brie. Most people just call me Brie. Brie. Okay. Thank you for joining me on the Roast West Coast podcast. I really appreciate your time and just joining us and for continuing just to make coffee. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Roast West Coast. While listening to Brie talk about her job, I could hear the pride she takes in her work in roasting coffee beans and crafting coffee flavor profiles, providing education for her staff, and sharing Leap Coffee with their customers. It was clear to me how much she appreciates it when we as the coffee drinkers choose her coffee for our morning cup. If you're craving some coffee right now, or you just want to support a small business, head over to www.leap.coffee. I'll vouch for the Cheers Blend, which has a regular spot in the rotation at my house. And I'll for sure be picking up some of their sugar and spice blend, 
which is a holiday combination of washed Costa Rica and washed Guatemala beans. If you listened to last week's Coffee Smarter episode, you know what that means. The tasting notes include warming molasses and fig newton. If you order right away today, be sure to use the promo code TUESDAY in all capital letters to get 25% off on your second bag. It's a promo which is only good on, you guessed it, Tuesdays. That's it for today's show. On Friday, Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle will be back to talk to me about the differences between light, medium, and dark roasts and address the importance of coffee freshness with tips on how to make sure your coffee tastes as good as it possibly can. Next Tuesday, I'll chat with the husband and wife team behind Manzanita Roasting based in Rancho Bernardo, California. They just opened a second location in nearby Escondido as well. They built their business as a team, and they both rocked the interview as a team, which was pretty entertaining for me and I'm sure will be for you too. If you want to share this show with a coffee-loving friend, just let them know that they can search for Roast West Coast on any major podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, and basically everywhere. You can stream it on Anchor.fm or on thecoastnews.com. A sincere thank you for listening to this episode of the Roast West Coast podcast. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter at roastwestcoast.com because Roast Giveaways to subscribers have begun this week. And you can find all of the promos for discounts on or even free coffee from some of the great North County San Diego coffee roasters featured on this show. This episode was sponsored by Ironsmith Coffee Roasters found in the heart of Encinitas. Be sure to check out the previous interview with their founder, Matt De La Rosa and head to ironsmithcoffee.com. You really can't buy coffee from too many local roasteries this year. Those dollars will go a long way. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the bonus content at roastwestcoast.com. And as always, be sure to drink good coffee.